to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 156th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week was Rory McIlroy winning the Open Championship in Liverpool, England. Rory, Rory is a great front runner, uh, as he did in his previous two major victories, the U.S. Open and the PGA. He started out fast and built a big lead and then held it. And he did the same thing over the weekend in Liverpool. And uh, so he is just a great front runner. Kind of reminds us of someone we all know, Tiger Woods. When he gets out in front, he is tough to beat, particularly in a major. And... This one was particularly interesting to me because I was in Europe and specifically for the British Open, a mere three-hour ferry ride away from Liverpool over in Dublin, Ireland. Rory McIlroy, of course, is from Northern Ireland. So it was just fabulous to be in Dublin while the British Open is being played, a mere, again, three-hour ferry ride away. The Irish love golf, and it was just uh, dominant. It was like Super Bowl week here in America. And on Friday evening in Dublin, I was in a restaurant that uh, was basically turned out to be a big sports bar with big screens, the whole bit packed. It was about 5 o'clock in the evening, and Rory was making his run to the lead, and it was as exciting a golf viewing experience as I've ever had. The place was, again, huge and packed right in the heart of Dublin, and again, you you almost felt like you were there between the fact that we were in Dublin and Rory is Irish, uh, combined with the fact that the Open was being played uh, just across the Irish Sea in Liverpool, made it uh, just a terrific, terrific viewing experience. Uh, the Irish people are so into golf to begin with, especially their golfers, and there's a lot of them with uh, Graham McDowell, Podrick Harrington, Darren Clark. Uh, the Irish are very secure. On the golf scene these days, uh, they're, they're a force, they're a power. There's no other way to say it. And it was totally reflective uh, during my uh, three days in Dublin. And it was just really, uh, again, uh, 
as, as good a golf viewing experience on television as I, as I think you can have. And needless to say, I had it on pretty much nonstop the entire time on, uh, on my television in my hotel room. So again, you could just feel it. You almost felt like you were there because it was just so close. And again, being dominated by an Irishman. So just a wonderful, wonderful memory. Uh, just to put it, you know, to put it mildly. And during my stay in Europe for a couple of weeks, which included London and Paris, I had a lot of great sports memories. Specifically, uh, a couple of Mondays ago, in London, of all places, uh, they held the Tour de France, one of the opening stages. It was the real thing. Uh, and they started out in the English countryside, but then... Uh, they had the second day, which was a Monday, racing through the streets of London, and it was just huge. Millions turned out in the countryside, and approximately a million or so, of which I was one of them, turned out in London itself. And the final uh, quarter mile or so of that stage in London was coming right down... Uh, right down in front of Buckingham Palace, which I was able to walk to from my hotel. So it, uh, just an incredible sports experience. I mean, it was just a great opportunity to get some sports up close and personal on the international scene. And uh, the British Open, as I just talked about, but then, you know, to see the Tour de France, which I know a little bit less about than golf, was just uh, spectacular. Uh, again, a million people on the streets of London, streets closed, Trafalgar Square, uh, all over the place, just an energy in the city that was spectacular, large TVs and parks right in the shadow of Buckingham Palace where I could literally, people just sitting in a field, gigantic viewing party and you could just look, you know, literally a uh, hundred feet and there was the street that the riders were coming down, but Leading up to that, you could see them coming through the streets of London, past, you know, London Bridge and all the famous landmarks. So it was just really, really uh, a special, special sports experience, to say the least. And quite an introduction. It was my second day in London and uh, just quite an introduction to, uh, to, you know, to that city, to say the least. Um, me being me, a sports fan... I also managed to do a couple of other sports-related visits. They were not for events as much as just to see the venues. So I took a tube ride out to uh, Wembley Stadium, where the NFL plays uh, its international games. And so that was great. And, uh, you know, just really enjoyed that, just walking around. It's, it's I should say, storied Wembley Stadium. Lots gone on there long before the NFL got there, but the NFL is certainly making its mark, uh, holding three international games this year, including one that's going to start the first one ever that will actually be aired here in America, Eastern Time, at 9.30 in the morning. So it'll be in the afternoon in London versus in the past few years since they've been doing it. Obviously, it's a night game in London, and we're getting it at 1 in the afternoon, Eastern Time. So that was great. I also uh, took a tube ride out to Wimbledon, 
Again, it was about four or five days after the championship had been played and just walked around, uh, you know, went in their store and whatnot. And, you know, took again, you know, got off the tube stop, did the storied walk from the tube stop up through the town, which is very, very charming. Exactly what you would expect the, the, the All England Lawn and Tennis Club uh, to be uh, so located in. So that was just great. About a mile walk from the tube stop and uh, right up to Wimbledon itself. So just, just spectacular and impressive. I've been to Augusta and, uh, you know, it was similar. It's sacred ground in the world of sports. So I just felt thrilled to be there. And uh, then on the way back, uh, I noticed uh, that we were coming up. I, I'd seen it on the way out to Wimbledon. And on the very same tube line was Fulham. Fulham is, uh, I wouldn't even call it a suburb as much as a kind of a section of London. But it's where the uh, famous Chelsea Soccer Club Stadium is located. So needless to say, jumped off the tube at that stop. Went up and tremendous experience. The stadium is smack in the middle of a neighborhood, and I mean a neighborhood, so that people were sitting uh, in their apartments just with the window open, just looking right at the stadium, which was just right there. I mean, I live in Boston, so well familiar how Fenway Park is, quote, a neighborhood stadium in the city. This was that and more because it was just really surrounded by, and I mean up close and personal, we're talking feet away uh, from, you know, the, the Chelsea Stadium, which was impressive. A lot of activity. I was there late on a Friday afternoon. Um, and all kinds of people basically doing what I was doing, checking it out. It's like a shrine. And uh, went into the, what they call it, the, the megastore. And megastore is the right word. It was probably the best in-stadium sports store I've ever experienced. Three floors, all kinds of merchandise of the highest quality, packed, big buzz, big energy, so much fun. So I enjoyed that just immensely. And, uh, you know, got a real taste of European Premier League soccer, as it were. And speaking of international soccer, my event of the week that I attended back here in America was on Wednesday night. I went to the Liverpool AC Roma soccer game at Fenway Park, packed house, great passion, from, especially from the Liverpool fans, but also the AS Roma fans. But the Liverpool fans are, shall we say, somewhat legendary. So that was great. And uh, so just... Uh, a lot of international sports flavor the past couple weeks, and uh, I just loved it. It really just adds so much to you know my overall global perspective of sports and American sports and, and how it fits into all that. So moving along, uh, back to the British Open, my low, that leads into my low light of the week, which was Sergio Garcia muffing that shot out of the potbelly bunker. He had made a tremendous comeback to put himself right on the heels of Rory McIlroy and enough to make me and I'm sure millions of others think, uh, you know, is this it? Is he finally going to do it here? Um, and he was looking like he might. 
And then, as he has done in the past, and this is just simply why he hasn't won a major, I guess, uh, I was right there, and he just hit a shot like I would hit, or you would hit, uh, you know, out of the bunker, and it went, you know, to the top of the bunker, like three feet, rolled back in, and that was it. I mean, one shot, just killed him. Uh, I like Sergio, always have. Uh, saw him up here practicing with the Spanish, the Spain soccer team few years back, and he was good, number one, but very endearing. So I'm a Sergio fan, so I'm not, uh, you know, uh, I'm not hating on Sergio, but just disappointed that, you know, he always seems to uh, let one shot get away. In this case, it just absolutely crushed him. And finally, my bizarre story of the week was uh, Kevin Love. The Kevin Love saga is what it's turned into. Uh you know, it's just changing every day. We have the whole LeBron thing, wanting him, LeBron apparently wanting him in Cleveland. So with the Cavaliers, would they or would they not sign Andrew Wiggins? They're talking about trading him up to Minnesota to get Kevin Love, but then the Cavs did sign him. Of course, here in Boston, Kevin Love was at, spotted at Fenway Park and in Boston, a few weeks back, you know, in Boston for a weekend, went to a game at Fenway. So big buzz. The Celtics were after him. We've all been hearing that the Chicago Bulls are after him. And meanwhile, the Minnesota Timberwolves just kind of sit there and say nothing. Not that they're obligated to, but the whole thing has been, it's again, moving into the bizarre as it just seems to take on, you know, a, a life of its own. Uh, so... Good to be back. And now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, 
Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. You can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. Nice sunny day here in Connecticut, and uh, looking forward to the weekend. It is a beauty, and... uh, I talked in the first segment about my trip over to Europe uh, in the last few weeks, and I've almost gotten to the point, AP, where when I hear the word football, I actually almost think of soccer. And, uh, <laughs> and I forgot to mention that I actually watched you know, the semifinals and the final of the World Cup over there, uh, which was an amazing experience. Uh, the semis I watched in London, the final I watched in Paris, many, many People from all countries, as you would expect in those countries this time of year, and heavy German influence. Uh, so it was, it was that was a great experience. But uh, I'm back, and now, and the word football is is American football now. I've reacclimated, especially with the opening of training camps. Isn't it great? It's actually here. Yeah, I mean, it just sneaks up on you. You have the July the 4th, and all the next thing you know, you're hearing about training camp and guys showing up and uh, their their health status, and it's right in full-blown mode of everybody's finding out, you know, what's going to happen with their team. Exactly, exactly. Uh, ESPN is uh, broadcasting all day long from Patriots training camp. They've interviewed Bob Kraft, Tom Brady, and on and on. Of course, we have Darrell Revis in town. But, you know, get being I, I live 20 minutes from Gillette Stadium, as you well know. And so it's pretty exciting. They showed a great scene yesterday of when the gates opened for the first day of training camp. And, like, you know, dozens, if not hundreds, of people just running through the gates, uh, you, you know, to get the best seat, you know, general admission, obviously. And, uh so yeah, so that that actually got me pretty excited, knowing you know, knowing it was just literally happening right down the street, and uh, people up here pumped. You know, why don't we just start with the Patriots? Just you know, Darrell Revis. You talk about a game changer. He he just his presence has provided you know 
more hope for a perennial contender that they're actually going to win the Super Bowl than anything I can remember in recent years. I would say the the most since Randy Moss came in 2007. Yeah, John, I mean, he's, he's a game changer on the defensive end. So how will that enable Bill Belichick to have, you know, change his defense this year and, and with the certain different schemes he might want to run that maybe in the past he was hesitant, you know, maybe he'll maybe blitz a little bit more or you just don't know, but to have an ace in the hole like Darrell Rivas on your side, uh, I mean, you can you can sleep at night. You know one side is taken care of, or one particular receiver, you can sew him up for the game. You can lock him down. So th- there's nothing like having a lockdown corner on your on your defensive team. And uh, now now what happens is, John, as you know, the other cornerback is the one that's going to be picked on. So you, exactly. you can really coach that player up and, and, and see what you can do to help him be a better player because he's definitely going to get the, the, the passes thrown on his side. No question, AP. And, you know, it's, uh, it's been their Achilles heel. I'm a season ticket holder for 20 years now. And, you know, over the last, since they last won a Super Bowl, obviously their secondary is what everybody's been picking on and the reason they haven't won more Super Bowls. And if you had to, you know, wave your magic wand and pick the one person who might cure that, it clearly is Darrell Rivas. He is, they did wave their magic wand and they got their guy and it just changes everything. Uh, Like you said, shuts down one half of the field, which affects how the defensive line can play, affects how the linebackers can play on the run versus the pass. But I heard the most interesting statistic yesterday that I just didn't realize, uh, you know, I just hadn't heard it before. At this moment, seven of the Patriots starting 11 players on defense are first-round draft picks. That's astounding. You know, John, that's an interesting (laughs) uh, stat because a few years ago, I went through the entire league and looked up how many number one draft choices were on each team, and it seems to me the highest was maybe like 11 or 12, something of that nature, but to have seven on defense... You know that's astounding. You know you can gather that many, you know top that top level talent on one side of the ball. Exactly, exactly. And then you know you have to. Then you have like returning players. I mean, one of those players is Vince Wilfork, who basically missed most of last year. He's back, so that's almost like getting you know. And let's not forget, for better or worse, you know the Patriots again made the AFC Championship last year, so. Now you put Vince Wilfork back into the mix, you know, on the same defense with the with the Re- Darrell Revis, Jared Mayo, someone you know well from the SEC, a great player, the far and away their leading tackler, uh, and, and the brains of that defense, the guy who calls the signals. He was out for a lot last year. He's back. So, you know, it's like they've, you know, if you compare it simply to last year, where, again, they made the AFC title game, then... You know, it's like you've traded, you know, for other Darrell Rivas type first round all pros. So there's a lot to get excited. I I can truly say, you know, I I don't know that I've seen Patriot Nation this excited in a while, Um, even though every year they're they're in the hunt. Yeah, John, and especially on the defensive side, because like you said, you really really needed to show up that part of the game in you know, we talked about this before. We have someone in the middle that can affect that pocket, that pass pocket. That is crucial because it unnerves the quarterback 
stepping forward to make the throw, so his feet are always not in good position and, you know, gets quarterback coaches all upset when he's, he's not making his throws with the proper stance. So, you know, if you get uh, Vince back, that'll, that'll truly help them up the middle. Oh, yeah, he's a unique player and athlete, to put it mildly. And uh, so, yeah, it's, again, I'm instantly excited, reimmersed, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be good. And most importantly, it, it seems like Darrell Rivas is, you know, at the end of last season was back to being Darrell Rivas following his injury. And if that's the case, then, you know, it, it's going to be, a pleasure to watch, and I can't help but think, you know, Bill Belichick, well-known defensive genius, especially from his days with the Giants, is is he finally going to have a defense on a par with the teams, the defense that won the Super Bowls, three of them, earlier this century? Um, at this moment, it appears that way. One of your, a guy that you can totally relate to since you work for Bama Magazine, I mean, Dante Hightower, he's... Uh, you know, he showed some real flashes towards the end of last season. Yeah, Dante is an excellent teammate, big, strong, tough, smart football player, and, you know, one of the leaders of that team at this point. You know, he's been in there a few years now, so I know that was a good selection coming from the Nick Saban system. And, and Dante, uh, John, from the day one at Alabama, he was a starting linebacker as a, as a freshman. And, uh, I think his first game, actually, he made an interception in the Clemson game uh, in Atlanta there, if I recall. So he's always been a very productive player and, and a playmaker. It, it, those are the guys you like to see on the field. I mean, a lot of times you see somebody has the physical tools, it's big and fast, but when you watch the film, you're saying, well, where's the plays that he's made to affect the outcome of the game? And Dante's one of those players. Yes, yeah, so if I remember correctly, in the opening game last year, I happened to be listening on the radio going somewhere, but he either forced a fumble or uh, recovered a fumble in like against the Titans, if I remember correctly, uh, you know, in the opening half, if not the opening quarter of the opening game. So I remember just thinking to myself then, you know, aha, this is the guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Here, here, you know, here we go. And... You know, I, I think he showed a lot of those flashes throughout the season. He's a playmaker, game changer. And, uh, you know, so if, if he, along with other guys of his ilk, uh, you know, start, continue to play like that with these, you know, perennial all pros, uh, there's a lot to be excited about, to put it mildly. Yeah, he was always serious minded, too, John, when you interviewed him and uh, all business. And so, you know, great teammate leader, good, uh, you know, excellent selection by the Patriots, and I'm, I'm sure he'll have a long career, and, and do, he'll do quite well playing under a person like Belichick. Yeah, well, that backs up, you know, Belichick's number one. I think it's the first question everybody asks, all the Patriot uh, executives ask any potential draftee, is football the most important thing in your life? And it sounds like with Dante Hightower and many others, it is, you know, and he, he certainly sounds like he answered that question. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I had even talked to his high school coach, and he he was uh, he raved about him as a as a young player in high school. So he's had good training uh, before he even got to Alabama, and he proved to be an All American player and high draft pick. And I'm, I know the Patriots are happy with that selection. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be fun. 
Uh, and what also is going to be fun is, you know, we're underway with college football. There's been a lot of media days. You and I will be attending one uh, American Athletic Conference this Monday and Tuesday in Newport. We both attended the past few years. But why don't we take a break now and we'll talk a little college football uh, after the break. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Lockdown Coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And on the line with us still is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., you and I are headed again to American Athletic Conference Media Day in Newport, Rhode Island. It's a great city to, you know, hold a media day in, uh, this will be my fourth. I'm guessing it's around that for you as well. Uh, AAC was the former Big East and now expanding nationwide. I'm excited. You know, we were both big fans of Commissioner Mike Oresco. He's doing some wonderful things. Navy's coming in next year uh, to join the conference. Uh, in the meantime, you know, Tulane, East Carol- Eastern Carolina, the Pirates, uh, you know, SMU just really turning into a fascinating national conference, to put it mildly. It's not our father's Big East, that's for sure. 
No, that that's correct, uh, John. I mean, you have these these various teams, you know, from Texas, Florida, the Northeast, Midwest with Cincinnati, uh, you know, Temple, Connecticut. Um, so they're going to travel around the country. You know, you can recruit those different areas. Uh, they're fertile grounds in both of those football uh, crazy states, Florida and Texas, and then, you know, the Cincinnati area as well. So, yeah, it's a different kind of Big East, and they're, they're going to be challenged on the field with their non-conference schedules, and that's the way that they're going to earn the respect of all the other uh, people across the country. There's, there's no way to do it, John. There's no, you can't, you know, buy it. You, you can't uh, inherit it. You have to win on the field. So, yeah, the AC has a lot to prove, and they, they have a chip on their shoulder, and they should. And I look forward to just seeing what they might do this, you know, this year. I mean, take a team like Connecticut. You know, they're playing BYU, Boise State. You know, those are some good football teams that have a good history. And if they're able to beat those types of teams, the word will get out. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, UConn has a new coach, of course, uh, formerly assistant coach at Notre Dame. You know, and last year, I mean, Blake Bortles, you know, Central Florida. He was in the American Athletic Conference last year. Uh, first quarterback chosen in the draft. Uh, you know, and the one thing that the AAC has, and you talk about, you know, you can't take it away. It's just there, and it's so huge, which is just that that Northeast television base, uh, which is all about ratings, uh, which is what created the Big East, especially in basketball. Uh, it's still there. And if there's anybody that can capitalize upon that, you know, wonderful, wonderful, you know, ratings opportunity that he, that he inherited, of course, it is Mike Oresco who has a television background. You're correct, John. And, and then, you know, I forgot to mention you have a team like Tulane down in New Orleans and Tulsa and, you know, Memphis. So they're, they're covered in all these hotbeds of football in, in the south, in the southwest, and then in the east, you know, they're going to have a chance to make their, make their name. And they'll, they'll create their own niche, too, John, you know, for the Friday night game, and, and, you know, that'll help them. You have to start somewhere, and you have to have a plan, and I think, you know, Mike definitely has a plan. Oh, no question, no question. You know, they're all just, you know, interesting teams. All of them, you know, have some type of like a football history. It could be as recent as Blake Bortles at Central Florida, which, by the way, produced Dante Culpepper back in the day. You know, University of South Florida, you know, like you said, football hotbeds. Uh, East Carolina, you know, they're just a team that, you know, rises up every three years or so and pulls off a major upset. But they're good every year. I mean, you know, they're, they're not, you know, a power conference team. But, you, you know, they were, they were Boise State before Boise State in a, in a certain manner of speaking. Um, you know, Tulsa, just teams like this, SMU, we all know their history good and bad, um, you know, they're just intriguing is how I would term like these teams, you know, and I, and I just, you said it, Mike will have a plan. And when that plan really develops, and I think it's going to be like starting immediately, like Monday, you know, it's already underway, but I'm just saying, I think it's about to, you know, you take on even more of an identity this year. It's going to be great. Yeah, and, and they're not afraid to uh, 
take on those Power Five conferences. I mean, you look at some of their non-conference schedules. I mean, you look at East Carolina, for instance. Uh, this year, John, they're playing at South Carolina, at Virginia Tech, playing North Carolina. You know, in their, right in their region, they're challenging people right in their own backyard, and then they're getting South Carolina actually to, to come to their place. Yeah, really. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, they've never been afraid of the big boys ever. Uh, East Carolina, and uh, so yeah, it, it's going to be great. And you know, college football in general—it's it, just uh, you know, nonstop interviews from the media days and everything. SEC media day was, of course, media day, media week was uh, huge as always. I, I just love you know, from Saban to Spurrier, I could just listen to these guys all day long. They're fascinating. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, obviously the Big Twelve commissioner made. Uh, you know, headlines with his cheating pays comment. Uh, you know, no surprise. There's already big buzz going on a number of different fronts, as you always have every year. And, uh, you know, it's just going to be, again, very exciting. And, like, it's here. Uh, I guess they'll be reporting to practice, what, in the next week or two, correct? Uh, yeah, it's coming up right quick here, uh, John. Uh, right there, first of August or so, you know, that first week or so. And uh, they'll be on their way. And and like I said, the first game uh, that Thursday night, well, one of the big games is uh, Texas A&M at South Carolina on the SEC Network. That'll be great. I mean, Texas A&M, I mean, I don't think there's any school in the country has, you know, on the, you know, riding the wave of Johnny Manziel, and and he is a wave, to say the least. Uh, you know, to basically become, I think, you know, kind of the new hot place to go, um, especially with quarterbacks. You know, when I was down at the U.S. Army All-American Bowl in San Antonio last year, it was just everybody was talking about Texas A&M. Like, that's the new hot spot uh, over, you know, much to the chagrin of the University of Texas in Austin. And uh, so, yeah, that, that just seems to be, again, who, everybody wants to be the next Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M. Yeah, they, they've recruited well in the state of Texas. And, uh, you know, it, I, I think that the, the main thing I want to see out of the Kevin Sumlin team is can he ever coach a team that can play some defense? Correct. Correct. Uh, you know, he's an interesting guy. I mean, I, I you know, I, I like his presence as well. I think he's great in interviews and, you know, got a nice extension. Uh I was watching a thing yesterday with Frank Caliendo interacting with uh, with the Baylor coach, which was just hilarious. And you know, Baylor oh. is obviously a major player now. Oh, oh yeah, John. One of the comments uh, I, I don't know if I'm phrasing it correctly. He said we're going to be fast and furious, or something. We're going to be fast and fearless, or something that he said. I said, I mean, that's right out of a a western movie or something. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I got that feeling. I said, man, that guy. He said something like fast and fearless or something to that effect. I can't remember the exact words, but it just caught my eye. I said, man, that guy could have lived in the you know, 1880s and been a gunslinger. He right out Absolutely. of Texas. I mean, no other state. He was out of Texas. So no question about it. That's it. That's it. Um, you know, right now, if, you know, if I had to name the team I'm mo- you know, that I most want to watch for just flat-out excitement, it's Baylor. You know, Baylor, Baylor and Oregon. I think oh my goodness. those two teams are like, you know, 
you may not care a whit about whether they win or lose, but if they're on TV, you're going to tune in because they're so exciting, to put it mildly. It's, off, it's offense, uh, you know, offense 4.0, to put it mildly. Right, and, and John, they might call a, a pass play right in the, from the end zone, you know, on the one-yard line, a deep ball or something. You, you never can tell what the play calling will be by Art Briles, but it'll be an imaginative, and it'll be, as he said, fearless. Correct, and they have a great quarterback coming back. Uh, the name escapes me at the moment, but Art Browse mentioned him. I should know this, but uh, he is returning, and Baylor was undefeated, I think, pretty deep into the year. They made a lot of noise last year, and uh, so, you know, they're going to be good this year. There, there is no doubt. They're, they're not a team that's like, you know. Oh, yeah, John, it's Bryce Petty. Bryce Petty, sorry, thank you. Bryce Petty, yes. I mean, we're talking one of the top players in the country, leading that, you know, uh, super uber exciting offense. So it's going to be great. And then, you know, another person who's been getting, uh, you know, a lot of love, as he should, you know, like leading in. I mean, at this stage of the game is Charlie Strong. He's been making the interview rounds. I mean, he's taken over, you know, one of the most storied programs in college football history and, uh, he's got a lot of work to do, but he totally seems up to the task. I've been very impressed just watching him yesterday in some interviews and, uh, you know, a lot on the line for a lot of people with Charlie Strong, to put it mildly. You better believe it. And, and John, he's had to be a house cleaner so far. Yes, I just saw. Yeah, exactly. I saw there some players getting in trouble. And by the way, just before I forget, it seems like in the last week or so that a fair amount of college football players have gotten into some trouble, a couple from Texas as well, and it makes me wonder, like, you know, number one, what's going on? Are are they, like, you know, feeling the roots out here in the last weeks of the summer, as it were, before practice starts? But uh, have you noticed that? Do you agree with what I'm saying Unbelievable, John. Yeah, okay. How how it's the timing of all these things. Right. You wonder how you can get two weeks away from practice and living your dream and... There's been a spate of arrests, it seems, in recent yeah, weeks, in the last week. Yeah, a friend of mine had called me just before I was talking to you this morning, and he's asking me, what is wrong with these young guys? They're, they're right at the beginning of uh, fall practice around the corner, and they can't stay out of trouble. And uh, I know that these high-profile programs, John, they bring in these counselors and speakers and people who lecture them about going on the straight and narrow. And and I, I was always wondering to myself, how can you measure the uh, worthiness of these speakers that come in? Because they don't come in for a small amount of money. It's big money. And, and uh, how many of the players do they turn their mind around to to behaving and you know not getting into trouble? I, I hope there are some because it just seems that if you were on a team and, and someone was in trouble and then they were kicked off the team, you'd probably get your attention. You would think it would command your attention. But obviously that's not the case because it's not only one or two, you know, three, four, and five get in trouble. And the message is not heeded by the entire team after just one player gets in trouble. I don't, really, I don't quite have an, a good answer, John. I don't either, and I was just at the Rookie Symposium for the NFL out in Ohio a few weeks back, and, you know, a lot of similar types of uh, 
you know, sessions and symposiums, uh, just along exactly what you're talking about. But, you know, young men will be young men, and that's never going to change, period. <laughs> that's yeah, all you can I, say, I don't I think guess. it does. And, I, and I, was, <clears throat> I said to my friend, now, are these uh, individuals that had issues in high school and they took a chance on them? So the head coach of the college team is thinking to himself, gee, I took a chance and I, I lost on that bet. Or is it the person had a pristine record and he got to college and he got older and on his own and got into trouble? I, I always wondered about those things. Right. Well, <clears throat> leaves you and people like you and I having a conversation like this. Can you? I, I can only imagine what it must be like for you know the teammates and the coaches of these people who, just like you said, attended the same types of you know warning sessions, for lack of a better word, and. Uh, you know, I can only imagine how, how they're shaking their heads. It's just, yeah. but again, it's just weird, the timing. It's all about, my gosh, they're just a week or two away. Um, yeah, I mean, if I, if I was ever in a position to be a head coach, which that's, that's never going to happen, but I would just ask them a few simple things, really. Abide by the laws in this town and, you know, be on time when we tell you. And like John Madden said, play like hell. And uh, I mean, I don't want all these extra. I don't want all these extra rules confusing them. Correct. Just, right. No. There, just... There's already laws that are on the books. Abide by those laws. Go to class. Be on time. Pay attention. Be respectful to people. And and, and really, that's about it. Yeah. Keep it simple. Keep you know, it simple. There's, there's no confusion. Exactly, right. Just You know, I don't need to hand out a list. I don't need to put something on the wall to tell you all these different things. Just be respectful of people and act like your mother's there. If you're going to do something, act like your mother's right over your shoulder or something. Would you do that in front of your mother? I like it. That's a, that's a good approach. And on that note, why don't we take our final break? We still have a lot more to cover, and uh, we'll do that on the other side. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us still is AP Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we jump back in with AP, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is, uh, this is probably a first, the Tour de France on Sunday morning. And that's simply because uh, I attended one of the stages in London a couple weeks ago, which was spectacular. And number two, I walked up and down the Champs-Élysées, uh, frankly, a lifelong dream in the shadow of the Arc de Triomphe where the race ends. Uh, on Bastille Day, Monday a week ago, July 14th, uh, for my money, it's the greatest street in the world, period. I'm sure I'm not alone in saying that. So the opportunity to watch the riders on Sunday morning, uh, bike through Paris where I spent a week uh, last week, uh, and then finish up down the Champs-Élysées, which I walked up and down uh, with a million people on Bastille Day <laughs> a mere 11 days ago. Uh, for me, it's, it's certainly my appointment viewing of the weekend, uh, and it's, it's always an interesting event. So looking forward to that one. And AP, have you ever attended a, a bike racing event uh, or anything like that? Uh, you know, John, I don't think I have. I can't say that I have, John. It's it's it cha- it's a game changer when you attend it. I mean, you know, again, I I've never really attended one until, you know, starting talk about starting at the top. You know, there I was in <laughs> London in the shadow of Buckingham Palace watching the real Tour de France in London. It was just a surreal kind of situation. It's only the second or third time, and the first in a long time where they've actually had uh, you know a stage or two in England, let alone London. And so to be there for it, I was counting my blessings for timing, and uh, it was total coincidence that I happened to be there. And uh, boy, to witness something like this—the best way I can say it's very simple. Europeans love cycling, period. And you can hear it, but until you're there witnessing it, their passion, their fervor, the excitement. I mean, when these racers, these lead racers, are started approaching Buckingham Palace, and there's a million people on the streets of London, wow. it was spectacular. <laughs> it's one of the greatest things I've ever saw and heard in my life, without a doubt. So, uh, you, you know, it, it'll be on my radar for the rest of my life. It just after witnessing what I witnessed uh, a mere couple weeks ago. John, is that similar to the horse race you went to at the Belmont? I mean, I, I know a million go. people is more than eighty or ninety thousand, but was it a similar type crescendo? It, that's a, you. You said it perfectly. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes, I said that. You know, the thing I was most looking forward to when I covered the Belmont uh, California Chrome going for the Triple Crown a few weeks back uh, was, you know. If he was among the leaders coming down the home stretch, was hearing the roar from 105,000 people, it did not disappoint. He was in the hunt, although not in the lead. Um, yes, this was a larger stage, if you will. He started, <laughs> you know, the, the, the cheer was building, and again, it was hundreds of thousands of people 
in the area where I was near Buckingham Palace, the, the final eighth of a mile, so to speak, from the palace right down to the, the finish line that day. And yes, it was the crescendo built and it, it was ear splitting and, you know, very memorable to put it mildly. So, uh, and as great as that was, I am guessing, based on what I saw on the Champs-Élysées on Bastille Day, where a million people were there for the annual parade, which went on for five hours, that was impressive as well. I, I can only imagine what that must be like. I, I wouldn't compare stage two, three, four, whatever it was in London with the the final quarter mile down the Champs-Élysées. I'm sure that's an epic event uh, for everybody involved, but... It's, yeah, again, you know, it's, it's the most interesting street I've ever seen in my life. There is no other way to say it. <laughs> the Champs-Élysées. The, the Champs-Élysées, yeah, with the beautiful trees, yeah. you know, and the Arc de Triomphe, which is beyond massive. It's, you know, unbelievable. Yeah. I imagine you have some fa- fabulous photos. I do. I do. It was absolutely. Um, couldn't get enough of it. And uh, so, yeah. It is going to be, uh, <clears throat> again, it's going to be special. I, it's on <clears throat> NBC Sports Network from like, you know, 7 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon Eastern time. So if this has convinced any listeners to watch, I'm guessing somewhere early, somewhere after from noon on would be the, uh, the part to watch between noon and 2, the, the final the final quarter mile will be uh, epic as it is every year. So, <clears throat> should be fun, and uh, you know, one of the interesting things about the trip, AP, was just that you know I really got like an up close and personal look at like the international sports calendar. By that I mean I arrived in London the day of Wimbledon. Unfortunately, too late to actually go there that day. Yeah, when Djokovic beat Federer, <clears throat> but I watched it at Trafalgar Square in a restaurant and. Again, it was like watching you know a football game in a sports bar here in America. It was <laughs> right, right. it was jumping, and they were riveted, and it was really really cool. Yeah, uh, the game is literally being played. You know, uh, a half an hour tube ride, if that, yeah. from Trafalgar Square. Uh, but yeah, so I learned a lot about the pulse, which is you know. Like veteran sports writers. I've known this for a while, but finally I got a chance to live it, which is, you know, they go over, they cover Wimbledon. Yeah. That, that ends. Then they have like a week off. And then they basically are covering the British Open while the Tour de France is, you know, sort of occurring in the early stages like that, you know, one in London that I saw that day in London. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so they say they cover the British Open, which, as we all know, ended last Sunday. Yeah. And then they move on to the Tour de France, which, of course, ends this Sunday. So it is a month or so, a month to six weeks for some of the top sports journalists in the world that, you know, this is their summer. And, boy, based on what I saw, it's one heck of a summer. <laughs> one, one I would love to live out with media credentials <laughs> yeah. for all these events, I'll tell you. No, it wasn't too hard to take. Not too hard to take at all. But, again, it really, you know... It really opened my eyes as to the, uh, you know, we all know how it works here, you know, where hockey and basketball wind down and, you know, a bit of a quiet time for football and, you know, baseball, of course, is going full bore. Best I can tell you, AP, 
I was over there. I'm in Paris. I pick up a paper, and there's, uh, you know, it's the USA Today, thank goodness. And, like, the All-Star game was that night. Like, I had no idea. So <laughs> Tuesday a week ago, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, so you really just get totally consumed in what's happening, you know, there. Right. Um, and the All-Star game, I did not watch. I mean, it would have been whatever, five, six-hour time difference. So it would have been... On at 5 a.m., yeah. you know, when it was midnight Paris time, so yeah, 6 a.m. Anyway, um, you know, from a, from a sports perspective, which you can appreciate, uh, and I certainly did, was it, it was very, very educational. Like, I feel like I get the global sports scene much more based on what I just told you about how the calendar works. And then, you know, you, you throw in the fact the World Cup was happening. I got to see the two semis in the final in London and Paris with lots of German people. Spectacular. Just really, uh, again, a real eye-opening experience uh, for, for someone from here in America. So it was great. Yeah, I'm sure it's very, very different. And, um, you know, I'm glad you got to experience that, John. And, and you had a great, great time. Going overseas, everything was a positive experience for you. Yes, well, they love their sports. And again, I can truly say I did not plan this trip in any way, shape, or form with anything whatsoever having to do with sports. It was never, ever in my mind. Uh, but, boy, once I got over there, I just started realizing, like, <laughs> uh, you know, all the sports stuff. Because, you know, I mean, I watch the British Open every year. I might turn yeah. into the Tour de France. I always watch Wimbledon. Right. You know, I mean... You know, it's our it's our sports calendar too. But to be there, shed a, just set a whole new light on it, and it's just everything dovetailed. Yes, it did indeed, indeed. Um, so yeah, it's uh, believe it or not, we're at the end of our show, and as always, AP, thank you for joining us. We love your perspective, and uh, look forward to seeing you in Newport on Monday. Looking forward to it, John. My pleasure, as always. <clears throat> Safe travel. All right, American Athletic Conference. We'll be talking about it next Friday. And as always, thank you for listening to All Around Sports. We look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.